this week on Tea with Queen and Jay. So you love black trans women, but what are you doing about it? We talk about dating men in a trans antagonistic world and what part cisgender women play in the equation. Then we get into police unions, hair shit, and define snitching because what does that even mean anymore? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Doing another episode. I'm still doing this. Really? Yeah. Every week. Wow. <laughs> wow. Every damn like full, week. It's like a full-grown podcast. Word, word. So how are you doing, Jay? I'm doing good. Okay. I'm feeling good. Enjoying what is left of this summer. I'm trying not to look at it as the end of the fucking summer, but it's, it's approaching kind of close and it's like there. it's we're kind of close and it's like yo my summer just started because like covid has swallowed the seasons <laughs> it really has it swallowed spring it swallowed summer and we're gonna go into fall at some point and still be doing fucking covid it's fucking ridiculous it's bonkers how are you doing i'm doing good been uh you know skating and shit living my roller That's skating exciting. life and stuff and i'm enjoying that but that's that's it really but i do enjoy that a lot it's like it's a that's dope it's a hobby i'm enjoying when i think about new york skating mm-hmm. and i know when we were kids we skated on the concrete and it wasn't a big deal but i just really do be thinking about skating on the concrete and like gravel like so where are you skating that there's space and flat ground the playground where they make sure okay. there's space in flat ground <laughs> Oh, that's complicated as I thought it might yeah, be. Yeah, it's not at all. Right. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna be like skating down the street on some like I'm going to the store and skate because mm-hmm. New York City sidewalks aren't made for that shit. Right, right. But right, no, nah, right, just right. go to playgrounds and shit. I love it. And that's roller skate there. Awesome. Yeah. Look at that, yo! Here we are. Look at that. See what COVID gave us? Black girls <laughs> roller skates, and you an abbreviated summer. Is that what? We're... Yes. Welcome, Welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Jay. We, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, tea dismantling white, white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay, and, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen, Queen and Jay. And. Yes. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social meets. Also use the hashtag pod in, and that is a now listening hashtag, and that allows other people on that hashtag to find. T with Queen and J. Follow us. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. And we are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Just search for T with Queen and J there and you can follow us. You can also send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Any questions, comments from the silly to the serious, you can send them to us. We love when you do that as well. That is correct. Every episode, we pour libations for the people, places, and things that are giving us black ass black joy these are our shout outs these are our fucking pour one out for the homies pour it up for the ancestors this is when we celebrate shit queen what are you pouring 
libations for this week? I'm pouring libations for Marsha's Plate Podcast, in particular, Diamond Styles of Marsha's Plate. She invited me to be on her YouTube channel to discuss the series I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole. Um, That's a series on HBO if you have not seen it. And she invited me based on a piece that I wrote for Mix Vixen. And that piece is called I May Destroy You is Low-Key Destroying Us. And I guess she mm-hmm. really enjoyed what I wrote. And so we talked about what I wrote and why I wrote what I wrote. And it was basically me. I didn't write any spoilers. Like, I didn't write the article to, like, break down the show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just me talking about what the show made me feel. Things that it revealed to me and why I get why Michaela's fucking destroying us with the series. It's a really good fucking series. Me and Diamond talked about rape culture. We talked about language and why it's important to use specific language when it comes to sexual harm. And there's just other shit that me and Diamond really liked about the series. So I just want to pour my patience to Diamond for inviting me, for liking what I wrote, and for wanting to talk to me about it. That was really cute. I really appreciate that. So... Yeah, that's who I am pouring libations for. And I'll have the um link to the YouTube episode in the show notes if you want to check that out on YouTube as well. But yeah, that's not pouring libations yeah, for. Yeah, I cannot wait to watch that shit. I'm excited. Diamond has been creating mad content. Yo, she like, is like the Beyonce like, of content. <laughs> where's the time? Where's the time? I have no idea. Who is her team? She's dropping mad shit. Yeah, yeah, Diamond has been on it. Yeah, so libations to Diamond, definitely. I haven't watched that yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I love to see the homies working together. I read your article finally. It is fucking dope. I knew it was dope, but I, I knew it was going to be dope. That's not like a shocker. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what angle you were going to take it or like what you were going to talk about yeah. per se. I know we had kind of talked about like what we were feeling about the series, mm-hmm. but I really liked where you went with it. And um, yeah, man, it was fucking dope. Thank you. I Thank loved you. it. I loved it. We are both being destroyed by the series that we're really enjoying. So I think that we're going to do a review of it. So if you have been meaning to watch, I may destroy you on HBO. Now is a good time. It is a series about sexual assault. It is very well written. So as a survivor, I don't feel abused, but it does bring up thoughts and memories and things like that of experiences with sexual assault but i i don't feel particularly traumatized yeah, by it's it not, per, yeah. per se how would you how would you uh describe it how would like, i describe the, of... the series as i think it's just so blunt mm-hmm. that it might be striking but that is how sexual assault is like just very right. just like blunt and like kind of sudden and then you kind mm-hmm. of just have to like Go to work the next day. You know, like, just, like, it's right, just... Right, right, right. Yeah, and I don't think that the series, while sexual assault is a very intense topic, I don't think the goal of the series is to, like, shock yeah, you. Yeah, it's not. So you know how a lot of series... A lot of shows or whatever that cover this type of heavy content, it seems like sometimes it's written in a way to shock you. Like, we want to shock yeah. you with the reality of how serious and intense all this is. And I think that with sexual assault like you can be matter of fact about it you can be honest about it you can be i don't want to say subtle because like it's not really subtle about sexual assault but it's not it's there's i don't see an effort to like um shock me into understanding how important all this is exactly and then it's it's i think this series does like you know there's a goal with the series Mm -hmm. you know it's just not like look at this look at this like like right. some trauma porn shit. It's you can you can right. tell there's like a reason and a goal and all of that shit. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I will say before I watched the series, I thought it was going to center around perhaps one particular incident of sexual assault, the whole series. And it actually touches on a whole bunch of different yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend if you plan on watching it, I would recommend just like take care of yourself, prepare yourself. You know, make yourself comfortable. Watch it when you're in a a good headspace kind of thing. And if you feel like you cannot watch it, don't Don't force yourself to watch it. Don't Don't watch it. She'll make other great things that for you to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But we do plan on reviewing the series and hopefully plan to have a guest just to kind of help us navigate that experience because it is heavy subject matter. And we want to make sure that we are taking care of each other and the listener as we go over that. So weird. That should be coming up soon. Yeah, so that's a dope libation, though. Yeah, thank you. What are your libations, Jay? Yes, my libation. So, as I said before, I belong to the streets, and I have been going outside, which was like a streets. really. I belong to the streets. I think after uh, surviving a shootout uh, before, it was just kind of a joke. I just I belong to the streets now. <laughs> This is the truth. The streets. You know, it's so horrible that what? I'm such a New Yorker that I keep forgetting that you were in a shootout. <laughs> it's not even like, I keep forgetting. Until Yo, you bring it up, I keep I'm forgetting. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, she was. I keep forgetting. And the person I was in the shootout with, we both forget. And every time we bring it up, it's fucking hilarious because we have both forgotten that that even happened, yo. And it was a week ago. And that person okay. comes from a place with a lot of gun violence, too. So it's just. Yes, like, yes, yes. So it really has just been, it's used as a tool of humor in our friendship. Yeah, so that's funny. Um. Yeah. So I enjoy Delightful. that, and we are at the handholding stage of our friendship. So, <laughs> so that's you know, that's just it's official. That's official. Yeah. So I want to pour libations as somebody who belongs to the streets. Now I want to pour libations to outside because I was justifiably very afraid of being outside, yeah. of going outside, and. I have been able to find ways to be outside in a way that's safe. And of course, there are calculated risks, but I think that we have been really safe for the most part. Um, You know, hand sanny, washing hands, keeping hands out of your face, going places where I can stay far away from people. And not going to parties with mad people. No parties. Yeah, no. I'm just, I can't believe people. There have no been. I, yeah, let me let me outline this shit. <laughs> I have not been to any parties. Mm-hmm. I have not been to any gatherings nope. outside, like gatherings where, like, hey, we're all going to. Yep. Nope. Nope. I'm not. I have been going either. with my COVID cohorts, and we go to the place that we're going, which is generally a beach, a park, somewhere outdoors, and we go far away from people, and we sit there. And we enjoy ourselves. And I think that, yeah, that's made a big difference in my mental health. I think being a New Yorker who lives in a neighborhood where we are all on top of each other, that had been really difficult for me before Mm -hmm. to like conceive how I could find a place to be outside. I feel like a lot of people outside of urban areas or outside of like a New York City place or people who live in more driving kind of cities. It has seemed like it's been easier for them to, hey, like get in their car, go to the park and go for a walk or Mm -hmm. sit in their backyard or their patio or wherever. Like it seemed like it was so much easier for them to do stuff. So I'm thankful that I've been able to find ways to be outside, be safe. Mm -hmm. It has required me 
to travel away from where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So that hasn't been too bad. It's just really been about keeping on masks when I take public transportation. The subway this past weekend was a little bit sketch, but I feel like if I had left earlier in the For day, it wouldn't win. have been bad. Yeah, I was on the subway on Saturday morning at like 11. Mm-hmm. And there were so many, this is actually what happened was there was so much like like track work and they had shut down oh. so many different trains that so people were like funneled onto these specific trains traveling in That's these directions. Annoying. And it was, yeah, it was really annoying. And in retrospect, like inconsiderate and unnecessary considering that we are in COVID. Like, considering yeah, that do they, track shut, work, down, but calm they down. shut down the train every night now. So you have yeah. time. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? You have doing? time. Do your shit at night. Yeah. So that was really frustrating because we're talking about people underground in the summer on hot ass platforms and so that so the trains were too crowded for covid and the platforms were also too crowded for covid so that that was a little distressing but all the other times that i've had to take the train it's really been fine fine, you know get up in the the morning and travel it's been fine yeah but i wanted to just Really quickly, if you're in New York City, if you're looking for places to go, because I know when we talked about going to the beach, I feel like a lot of people started going to the beach after that Mm -hmm. and people were inspired and like remembered the beach. Like because we have all been inside quarantining, like niggas forgot it's shit to do outside. (laughs) Like you can't. I forgot too. like you can't go outside Mm -hmm. when you was talking to beach. I was like the beach going nowhere. That wasn't far Um, fetched to me. I was like the beach. Let's go. (laughs) I was like, I don't go know. Go to the girl. beach. I knew it was going to go far away where it wasn't going to be mad yeah. motherfuckers. No, that was a brilliant idea, and I'm, I'm glad you suggested it. So I did the beach with you mm-hmm. in Long Island. I went to Coney Island, which was cool, to the beach. The park area is still closed, but the beach is open. There are people out there. It was not as empty as the beach in Long Island, but you could still find a space that's like far away from people and be safe. I recommend going early. The boardwalk does get a little bit stupid in the, like, late afternoon Mm -hmm. so the earlier the better i went to the high line and you book a ticket for that and they're pretty casual with it but you do have to make a reservation and they manage how many people are up there so it was like not crowded totally fine it's a nice little walk it's pretty there's greenery and shit like that this weekend we went to governor's island which is again park you're by the water you take a boat over there it was fucking super cute she's not talking about me i'm just saying this because people think we're married so when she says, "Oh me, yes, thank you." Yeah, we are not <laughs> married or lovers yet. Okay, so we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But in the meantime, you have I was to not there. Be straight and then, <laughs> yes, I would. So have, that would have to be a thing. Um, no, I was there with another COVID cohort, and we took the ferry to Governor's Island. And yeah, it wasn't crowded out there. It was cool. The only moments that people I feel like were a little bit close was when we were getting off the ferry. Mm-hmm. And people forget because we are outside. It's like people get too comfortable and they forget, like, get moved the fuck away from yeah. me. So there were a few moments where we had to kindly request that people give us a little bit of space. Um, but I think if you are comfortable with that dialogue, which had initially been a part of my anxiety, because mm-hmm. I feel like I um, I don't know if confrontation is attracted to me or if I do it. I don't fucking know. But I feel like I always have a confrontation when I go outside. So I was concerned about that. But. They've all been okay for the most part. I just kindly ask people to, they can give me a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. And I smile. And so far, it's been fine. That reminds me of my little roller skating group on Saturday. I was almost going to mm-hmm. fall. So I grabbed someone mm-hmm. and I was like, sorry. <gasps> sorry. <laughs> I was going to fall. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was like, it's okay. I get it. I'm like, no. But like, we were all like weird. 
but like yeah. understanding but still like weird because yeah. right. like bitch <laughs> do you have cool. uh you have pads of any kind yet yeah, yeah i had all my pads on but okay i still don't want to fall just because i have pads. no of course I'm just throw myself right. on the floor <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no i feel you go outside if you can go outside safely if that's something that's a possibility for you i would consider going outside if you can that has really been dope for me i have a second libation mm-hmm. and this is for if anyone has heard of the series on hbo lovecraft country Which is popping by the way it is popping it's sci-fi it's mystery it's black And it is an enjoyable series. Just to give you the rundown, this is from Wikipedia. Lovecraft Country is an American horror drama television series developed by Misha Green. That's the executive producer and creator of Underground. Based on the 2016 novel of the same name by Matt Ruff. With executive producers Jordan Peele, Misha Green, J.J. Abrams, and Ben Stevenson. The story is about a young black man who travels across the segregated 1950s United States in search of his missing father, learning of dark secrets plaguing a town on which famous horror writer H.P. Lovecraft supposedly based the location of many of his fictional tales. So that's the breakdown of it. But what I wanted to pour libations for, the series is popping. What I wanted to pour libations for are two podcasts who are reviewing the series. Somebody hit us up actually to see if we were going to be talking about it because it's a lot of uh, race shit. It's very, if we were going to review something, womanist yeah, race nerdy, was, you know, that's on the list yeah. of shit that we might review. But there are two podcasts who specialize in black nerd shit. I have been listening to our friends over at For All Nerds podcast. Every Monday, they review the series on their spinoff podcast, The Safe Negroes podcast. So you can check that out if you go to For All Nerds and just subscribe to their podcast feed. You will get that series every Monday. Lovecraft Country comes on on Sunday nights. And then on Wednesdays, the Black Guy Who Tips also does a review of the show. So there, like we said before, it's a lot of womanist race nerd type shit happening on those shows. So it's good to listen to folks who can give it a good sci-fi analysis as well as a good racial analysis mm-hmm. of the series. There are white hosted podcasts reviewing the series. As expected, it's fine. It's a TV show. It's whatever. But a lot of those podcasts are missing the racial implications of the series yeah. and they're lacking the cultural competence yeah, to really they don't got touch the range. on all the important points. Right. They don't have yes, the range. They don't have the range. So I would add those podcasts, if you're looking for a good podcast reviewing Lovecraft Country on HBO, I would add The Black Guy Who Tips and Four All Nerds spinoff podcast, The Safe Negroes Pod, which you can again find in Four All Nerds feed. Those are my libations. All right. So this is the part of the podcast where we usually talk about how you can support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. But we want to remind everybody that the uprising in the streets has not stopped. The fight for equal personhood of black people, of all people, has not died down, even though it may have died down on your timeline. This shit is still going on. So if you would like to support the movement financially or with your time or donations, whatever the fuck you want to do, we put a link. There's a link in our show notes, um, which is a link from NYU's local newspaper. And in that link, there is a list of organizations, initiatives, petitions, all different things for each state 
that you can review, see where you can get involved, see where you might want to donate to and see what's going on. I think it's a good guide if you just kind of maybe getting your feet wet with what's good. Mm -hmm. So we will leave the link to that in the show notes. And we want to make sure that we are supporting people who are involved in direct action. So that's what's up with that. Queen, can you tell people how they can support TV Queen and J podcast after they have supported what's going down in the streets. Yes, yes, I can. So this podcast runs on your support. We love you for your support. There are two ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and J. Two. You can go to our website, teawithqueenandj.com, slide down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can put however much you want in the pot. Whenever you want to, no commitment there. Our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we are asking for $2 a month. $2! You can give more or less. That is up to you. We are some option-giving us bitches, so you decide what you want to donate monthly. There's links to that also in our show notes if you just want to click that link to donate to Tea with Queen and J. We also appreciate non-monetary support and you can support us in those ways by liking and sharing this podcast on social media, using our hashtag, telling a friend about this podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Those are ways that you can help grow Tea with Queen and Jay that don't cost you a dime and we equally appreciate as well. Well, if you would like to sponsor Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you'd like to advertise with us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your email at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. We have donation libations this week. Queen, do you want to get into our new patrons? Yes, yes. New patrons. We have Steve... Mm -hmm. Tanika, Gabriella, Hedley, hey Hedley, hey. Nishi, Nakisha, Reggie, Amber, and Jason. Thank you for becoming patrons. Y'all are lit. Yes, thank y'all. And I want to thank everybody who listened to our WAP review on the Patreon. Yes. Be sure to check that out. That's up there. You can support us at any level. So if you want to be a patron and you want to donate a dollar a month, that's totally fine. You'll still have access to all the content that we post up there yes. um and our WAP review yep. is sitting up there so check it out we analyze that shit from a womanist race nerd perspective so get into it jay you want to get into paypal donations real quick yes we had a few people hit us up on the paypal the homie casey a frequent supporter thank you so Thanks, much casey. casey we appreciate you for sure and the homie sean sean says the voting episode was everything folks out here making you believe that casting a ballot is akin to running down the street screaming i love white supremacy <laughs> <laughs> when niggas is just trying to survive thank y'all for being so insightful so nuanced and so brilliant thank you so much sean we Thanks, appreciate sean. you and anyone who wants to hear us talk about voting if you did not listen to the last episode that's episode 261 vote oh, or not nah. Please check that out. We talk about voting and all the nuances of doing that shit as a black person in a white supremacist patriarchal society. So check that out. We talk about whether you should vote, whether you shouldn't vote, and uh, all the details of that shit. So check it out. Are you ready to get into the shizzle? Yes. Let's get into the motherfucking show. There ain't no place like, there's no place like home. 
I mean, no place, child. <gasps> All right, Jay. So what kind of tea are you drinking today? I am having my usual jasmine green. What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm drinking chai tea. Well, chai. Right. I'm drinking chai. Because if I say chai tea, I'm drinking tea tea. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking tea tea. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady, please. I'm not a lady. But more importantly, I'm not a part of ladies. Yeah. That's the one that people frequently use. Yeah. I'm not a ladies. So thanks on that. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I am affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma i gotta say universe i appreciate you making sure that i don't have financial trauma it's been really nice yes, i appreciate yes. that yes i also affirm that i am well rested my hair and fashions are popping my body and mind are healthy and that i'll forever and always stunt on these hoes Mm-hmm. I also want to affirm, there's this spin I'm trying to learn with the roller skates. I affirm that I'm mm. going to learn how to do that spin because that's how I felt. Oh, my goodness. Trying to do that spin. This is going to be like you learning how to sing. Nobody wants that, yo. If you learn look, how to spin, I'm, you're going to be really obnoxious. And I believe in it. I, I support look, it. Look, I am. Wait. You deserve Do I learn all the you tricks? Deserve. What? Yeah, you deserve When it comes back to me to skate backward because I used to know how, but for some reason I can't mm-hmm. get it together. Yeah. All I, just look I'm gonna be that annoying skating ass bitch just y'all see I want it for you I want it for you very bad I'm not looking forward to it but I want you to, I want you to have it I just I just I'll find a place to go and you learn how to do it but I do want that for you yeah so I affirm that I will learn that spin safely mm-hmm. yeah yes you know. of course I also affirm a continued and safe healthy reopening of new york city and all the other cities who are at the phases where they can reopen their cities i affirm other cities towns places where they had to roll back because government wasn't believing Mm -hmm. in shit so i affirm safety for you all as well and i affirm still affirm always gonna affirm for the whole fucking year that everyone who listens to this podcast will have a fruitful Mm-hmm. Full of a bundles yes, as yes, a bundles of a 2020. Bundle. It could still be a bundled, fruitful, and all of that shit. I wish that for everyone who participates in Tea Between the Jay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. What are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I am affirming a life full of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment. I affirm that as I cautiously spend more time outside and with my COVID cohorts, I will continue to be healthy and COVID-free. I affirm I am enough. I affirm that my apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma and... I affirm liberation and power to all the people. And I think I had taken relationships off of this shit, but I do want to pop back in there. Healthy, fruitful relationships, honesty, communication, positivity, a little bit of vulnerability. I struggle with that in my platonic relationships for sure. So I want to affirm a little bit of that Mm -hmm. shit. So Cool, good stuff. I mean, I'd be vulnerable. I'd be vulnerable about shit that other people are not vulnerable about. But then I'm mad, like, not vulnerable about other stuff. So, I affirm that. Cool, cool. Like mm-hmm. that. 
So you wanted us to talk about something that I actually am happy that you were like, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So last week we had a, a pretty thorough discussion about like dating in the COVID era yeah. and then specifically about dating cis straight men in the COVID mm-hmm. era. I know that you also date women. And I know that we are both open to dating non-binary folks yeah. and mm-hmm. trans men. I think in this conversation because... And trans women. You, yeah, me, right, me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Sorry, yes. In this conversation, because we're talking about um, power dynamics and we are talking about particularly the dynamics of being in romantic proximity to a cis straight nigga. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want to kind of focus on some of those dynamics. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we talked about dating in the era of covid but also during this like quarantine era and people are i think we're feeling a lot of things more intensely i think as a as a collective of motherfuckers we're thinking about things more intensely things that people had brought to our attention before that we were too busy to pay attention to or Mm -hmm. had brushed off before or thought we were doing enough about i think we're thinking about those things more intently and i think our energy everybody's energy is a little bit different and perhaps more sincere for lack of a better term or whatever Um, So something that I have been thinking about in this period and as a lot of these things, I think, are like becoming more clear Mm -hmm. to me and I think to a lot of people as a collective. I think we've been seeing on social media for sure. We have been seeing we've been seeing fallout on social media from like sexual assault within spaces that are supposed to be safe. So sexual assault at the hands of cis straight men Mm -hmm. we only date black men and we really kind of only fuck around in black spaces so we are talking about cis straight black men in particular so we've been seeing the fallout of that so i've been thinking about that heavily as we are people who date cis straight black Mm -hmm. men i've been thinking about the experiences of black trans women who have been othered by their partners by their cis straight black partners thinking about their experiences being othered, being physically harmed, mm-hmm. being abused in any way, being murdered as a direct result of their transness. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about that as we are all dating these same niggas yes. who date black trans women like we're in community together. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking about those things and how me, a whole me, as a um, as a cis, uh, straightish, mm-hmm. black woman person Mm -hmm. um afab she they person i have been thinking about how can i be a better co-conspirator to survivors Mm -hmm. fellow survivors of sexual assault how can i be a better co-conspirator to black trans women and non-binary folks Mm -hmm. how can i be actively moving towards the liberation of all of us and that action be like how I show up in my relationships with cis straight black men, mm-hmm. right? Cause we've all dated abusers, yes. whether it be niggas who engaged in past abuse or somebody we go on two dates with and then we don't fuck with them anymore. And they go on to abuse somebody like else. Like what, yes. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, lots of us good well-meaning motherfuckers have dated An abusers. Abuser. Yes, definitely. Right, right. I know on this podcast, for me, it has been important because because it has been rare for cis straight black women to be comfortable 
with their partners, with their cis straight black men partners, mm-hmm. also dating black trans women because it has been yes. taboo yes. or because women have actually been uncomfortable with men dating trans yes. women, men that they date mm-hmm. dating trans, trans women. women. We have on this podcast said like it's important it has been important for us to say out loud that we are comfortable dating cis straight black men who date date trans trans women women, who have whatever kind of relationships with trans women or any kind of person rather Mm -hmm. right we're both open to dating bisexual people any kind of sexual people we're down to date them as long as they get sexual with us. It's fine, right? <laughs> so you gotta like us too. <laughs> you gotta get sexual with us, like you know. If I mean, if that's what we're both consensual, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay, but when sex, so, sex is a consensual thing, so yes, of course. Yes, it's that other shit that's not. It's that other shit that's not right. <laughs> so we we have used our platform yeah. to say openly that that's what we're comfortable mm-hmm. with. What I've been thinking about lately is how everybody don't listen to this podcast nope. and is the message that, yes, okay, I think that it does help to say that out loud on our public platform, mm-hmm. but I also think it's important that I say that to the people that I date, yes. the people I come it in is. contact mm-hmm. with, the people that I'm having these initial, you have these initial dating conversations that be about all kinds of shit because you're getting to know mm-hmm. somebody. And I think that in the past, I have asked people that I was dating, hey, do you date trans women? Do you, are you bisexual? Like, I have asked those questions, but I feel like, and I know, the way that I presented those questions was problematic. The way that I presented those questions was, like, um, shock value. The way that I presented those questions was, and not not in the past, like, yesterday, but in the past, like, years ago. The way that I presented those questions. We've lived live. We've been dating for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we've been (laughs) out here. I belong to the streets. Anyway, the way that I've presented those questions has been in service of myself mm-hmm. like oh you're not about to surprise me you could date whoever you want but what you're not gonna do what you're not gonna do is surprise me i will not be surprised right <laughs> so it's been on some shit like that and it hasn't it hasn't been about <sighs> let me let's get to know each other mm-hmm. it hasn't been about yeah it's been less to know each other but it has been in service of myself yeah it hasn't been about it's not just let like me let me sure. just know your dating history it's more so like let me know so some shit don't come up later or some shit like that right? yeah, yeah right right and it, and it hasn't been um yeah that kind of yeah let me know your dating history sure a little bit but i haven't i wasn't creating a safe space mm-hmm. For those men, I was not co-conspirating with trans women or non-binary folks because I was not thinking about actively creating a space in which a cis straight man can tell me as a potential partner their past. Right. So Mm -hmm. as I'm asking those questions, even though I was comfortable with dating somebody who was bisexual or had dated trans women or would in the future or non-binary folks, the question The way that I presented the question was accusatory. The way I presented it was like, I know that you niggas lie. So before you even get there, before you even think about mm -hmm. it, tell me where you've been, what you be doing. Because you could tell me because I don't care. It's whatever. It's whatever. Like like they're trying to make sure they're not on the down low. Right. Not more so like they're trying to figure out their sexual exactly yeah it wasn't like oh so what do you like who do you love it was there was an accusatory energy and it it was out of fear for being duped yeah out of fear for being like duped Mm -hmm. in some way or tricked in some way even though i i did feel like it it was fine Mm -hmm. at that stage when i was asking those questions i did feel like i would be okay with whatever the answer Mm -hmm. was i just want to know right 
but that was not actively again creating a safe space yes. for men who feel uncomfortable sharing that information mm-hmm. because of homophobia yep. transphobia all of that shit nor was i building community with trans women or non-binary folks who were th- not there not in the room when i'm asking those questions I'm, i wasn't doing the work yeah, yes. it was really like just a really self-serving thing mm-hmm. and so i had stopped i haven't done that for many years or yeah. whatever so i stopped asking that question because i was like if it really don't matter it doesn't fucking yeah. matter mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i don't need to know i don't need to not be duped or whatever so i stopped asking that question mm-hmm. but then lately as i have been thinking about okay but well, what am i doing Right. So it's okay to say here that, yeah, we date all different kinds of people. It's fine. Come as you are. We're going to love you and have sex with you anyway. Right. That's cool to say here. But what am I saying to those people who I might actually engage in relationships with? Right, 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 right. So something that I have been doing lately is making sure that I have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, so who do you love? Like, so when it came to people who I was like actually interested in dating and getting to know and pursuing something potentially romantic with my question has been, oh, so who do you love? Like, what's your, what's your thing or whatever? Like, this is who I love or yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. Um, And then once they tell me who they love, I let them know, oh, well, you know, just so you know, I'm down with whatever. So if you are somebody who dates trans women, if you date non-binary folks or whatever, I'm totally cool with that. If that's something that you have done in the past, if it's something you'd like to explore in the future, it's cool. If you don't know, but you just need somebody to talk about it, I'm down with that too. So Mm -hmm. that's something that I have been doing. And I feel that it has created, um, it's created a space there that wasn't there before. And I think like for both of us, because when you make the person that you're kind of, you're dating and getting to know, when you make them comfortable, it makes it more comfortable for you, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it leaves space for that person to be vulnerable and they feel safer about making you feel safer. Yeah. You, can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you feel there's a vulnerability to letting someone else be vulnerable with you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it just opens like breathing room in the relationship. So that's what I've been doing for people who I was actually like romantically interested in for people mm-hmm. who I'm not is really, to me, it's not my business who they love. I feel yeah. like I don't really need to ask. I, I do There have been times where I did circle back something. There was a trans woman who was murdered in the Bronx. Right. And I was like, we're from the Bronx. I know niggas who live in the Bronx. I will probably fuck niggas from the Bronx again. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So all the niggas I knew in the Bronx. Niggas from the Bronx if you want to (laughs) fuck. Right. All the niggas I knew from the Bronx, I text them like, yo, did you hear about this? Because for me, I was like, oh, cool. This is an opening. This is not like a random texting somebody out the blue. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm from the Bronx. I know you live in the Bronx. Yeah. Did you hear about this shit? And they said, oh, no. I was like, yo, listen, hey, this is what be going on. So like just a heads up, like if you date trans women, it's cool. Like if you need somebody to talk about those experiences with, with, I'm down. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's whatever. It's always cool or whatever. And of course, in context, like when I usually I'm, I'm texting them like, yo, straight niggas be doing this to trans women all the time. Like and I tell stories yeah. like this is what's happened. This is what I've mm-hmm. noticed. This, you know, this happened to my homegirl or whatever, whatever the fuck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like to make it a conversation. Yes. But mm-hmm. it's been my priority to be more actively engaged in that in a way that creates a safer space and safer energy yeah. for everybody. Yeah. I know for myself, 
generally my conversations with, I guess, intimate partners, I think because I'm queer, it's a little Mm -hmm. easier for me to like have those conversations because I'm a person who loves many different people. And I generally don't, um, not to say I don't come out, but if I can tell that this person doesn't have like a, if if I could tell, usually I'm I'm thinking of a man right now. So if I'm dating a man and I can tell he does not have like a A cis straight man, that's a cis straight man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I can tell when they don't have the capacity to grasp just me being bisexual and something that doesn't center them. A lot of cis straight men center themselves in a woman's Mm -hmm. bisexuality. So I generally don't, ever have deep relationships with men like that anyway. So when mm-hmm. I do have relationships with women, I feel like it's going to be deeper and they do understand my queerness and things like that. I do stuff like with the person I'm, the partner I have right now, him and I, when COVID makes the streets be more open, me and him and I do want to like engage in like group sex and stuff like that because mm-hmm. him and I are open to that and we're not monogamous, right? So mm-hmm. I, I brought up sex with trans women in that way so when we're talking about like i'm like hey so if we go to a, a party and i find this you know beautiful trans women that i want to have sex with are you going to watch us have sex are you going to join us are you going to you know like just mm-hmm. like stuff like that which is already in a context as to what we're talking about right so that's been a like i guess a easier helpful way for me to like talk about those things in that way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with my partner now like the conversation like went great he's like i've never had sex with a trans woman and he's like and i've honestly never thought about it he's like i'll definitely will watch you know like just mm-hmm. stuff like that so it was nice yeah. to kind of for us to talk about us mm-hmm. having sex with a trans woman i've never had a conversation like that before but i don't think it would have happened if i did if, if when we were talking about sex i didn't insert different um people because i know when he's thinking of us having sex with other people he's just thinking of cis people you know so me bringing in trans people into the conversation he's like oh i've never thought of that he's like nah you know like when i he's like nah i'm like Mm -hmm. no like whatever so that was cool but i think in the past i haven't i remember years ago you know this person too but years ago i was dating someone and it's Within the date, and this is when I hadn't really addressed my biphobia yet, even though I'm a bi person. But mm-hmm. I'm on a date with this guy, and he reveals to me that he was sucking dick. And in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? But, yeah. okay. I was calm when we were talking, but in my head, it was like alarming, alarming, alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up not really working out as far as dating is concerned. But later in the friendship, he did tell me that, like, he was interested in dating trans women and things like that. And I was, I didn't know at the time, because this was years ago. But I was, like, mm-hmm. mad encouraging. Like, I okay. I wasn't, I just wanted that person to be happy. And I felt that mm-hmm. they were mad comfortable with expressing that to me. They must have felt safe. Yeah. They must have felt really safe mm-hmm. to tell mm-hmm. me that they um, want to have, they're, at that point, they hadn't been with a trans woman. But mm-hmm. it was like, I want to be with a trans woman. I don't know how to go about it. Does it mean this? Does it mean that? I'm like, I don't know what it means. But, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. You know, like, whatever, like yeah. that. So I do remember having conversations like that. A lot of my conversations, though, as a co-conspirator, when it comes to trans folks, I'm usually trying to dismantle transphobia in my partners. Mm-hmm. I'm usually mm-hmm. trying to be like, you cannot 
be in my life or fuck with me mm-hmm. if you have these ideas, these things. If, if you know, like, if you're using the wrong language, like, I'm always correcting people's language. Um, I remember one time being on the phone, like, for mad long with someone I was dating, just like, he has a friend who was with a trans woman, but mm-hmm. it was like a secret. But he put it together, like, oh, they must be fucking. And he was telling me how he was like, I don't like disgusted by it and i had to like from top to bottom be like what the fuck and kind of like break Mm -hmm. down all of this stuff in his head and then about Mm -hmm. the end of that conversation even though it took four hours he got to the point where it was like yeah why am i so concerned about who this man loves (laughs) why am i so concerned about what does that have to like you know but Mm -hmm. it took it took a while but i'm glad i got to that because it was just like why like seriously like Mm-hmm. You know, so those have those mm-hmm. have been the ways or the instances where I've, of course, I can always do more. But the the times mm-hmm. and the instances where I felt like I was like making sure that like people who I have intimate relationships with or even men that I've had friendship with feel safe with either dating trans folks and or me dismantling their ideas of what transness even is, you know, right. So, Mm-hmm. Those have been a lot of the things that I've been doing. But mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder, no, a lot of times I wonder if I'm doing enough. You know, yeah. I'm always wondering, mm-hmm. like, am I doing enough? Like, what else should I be doing? What other mm-hmm. things should I be saying? What other ways in my intimate relationship should I be making sure that that person feels safe with talking to me about those things, but then at the same mm-hmm. time, making sure that whoever I am in an intimate relationship with won't be a person who will harm a trans woman or harm a trans mm-hmm. person. That's that's usually what I'm thinking. Like, because men are always harming motherfuckers. Yeah. So at, at any instance, if I could make it so you're less harmful, mm-hmm. that's generally what I'm trying to do. Like, let me make this person less harmful to other other people mm-hmm. yeah in your relationship that you just described mm-hmm. about his transphobia towards learning about his friend's relationship mm-hmm. with the trans woman yeah. do you feel like you the two of you could have should have talked about transness earlier in your relationship we actually had but i think that it was easy for him to understand believe these things when it wasn't close to him so of okay. course he was like, oh, "Okay, you're teaching me this language. You're this. Mm. You're telling me why this is faulty and this and this and that." But these are still things that were not cl- in close proximity to him. He just hears our conversation. He had, mm-hmm. had, he had, of course, seen trans people, but never like I th- I'm sure he never in a million years thought his hood nigga friend was right. gonna be with this trans person. Like like, mm-hmm. so I I don't think that he. Uh, I don't think it was like a fault. Not I know you're not saying that, but I don't think mm-hmm. it was a result of us not talking about these things early enough because we we right. had. I don't, mm-hmm. I just don't. I think people think that that it kind of it's like it, it tests like their it tests what they actually 
Yeah, like in theory they get yes. it. In practice, in practice it's, it's like, wait, for real? Yeah, exactly. In practice, yeah. is something else. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I even took that long with that person to like, we're gonna, right. we're gonna, I'm, I'm tired, but we're gonna stay on this phone because mm-hmm. I know that I have, we already have the conversations, and they seem to have got it and come around and 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 mm-hmm. and present as if they wouldn't be a harmful person. But then when they brought right. up that friend, it was like, okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe all of that was just talk, you know? Like, you don't mm-hmm. know until the shit is fucking happening. Mm-hmm. So that's why when, when he brought that up, it was like, okay, nah, we're going yeah. to talk about this shit. Because what, what's the problem with him, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. being yeah. with this trans woman? I don't, like, and and it, and it was weird because the, the friend of his who dates trans women is, like, this wild street nigga. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, because you have these ideas of what masculinity is and it was right. like, why would this person, you know, it was just a lot of stuff that I had to kind of just like, do you hear yourself? Do you, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, do you hear like that type of thing? But mm-hmm. I do like that by the end of the conversation, he, he was kind of blown away about how like ignorant he was mm-hmm. and how much he made it about him. When right. it was those people's lives that had nothing to do with him, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, mm-hmm. it was a long conversation yeah. though. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. How can we be more proactive about pe- being co-conspirators with black trans women mm-hmm. and non-binary folks in our community? And yeah, that's what I was thinking. I-, I also have been thinking heavily about how to be a better co-conspirator to... Uh, fellow victims of sexual assault Mm -hmm. as somebody who dates cis straight black men. And I know that we have all dated an abuser to some extent, like whether it be a nigga who's like a fully grown person now, but in college something shady happened that you don't know about or like whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. So many of us have most to all of us have dated a sexual assaulter. Some of us have dated rapists. A lot of us have. have. You know what I'm saying? So I've been thinking about that as well. I'm not ready to really talk about Mm -hmm. that yet, but I have been processing that because it's really not... It's what I always say about like... Rape and sexual assault are wild common and it be niggas you like yeah. and niggas you know yeah. and your family and your friends and your who have done the shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody is like, uh-uh, he would never... Like, we know that he would. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so please stop. The odds it, are, in, okay? are in their favor that they are. Yeah, let's rapists. not do this. <laughs> let's not do this. So yeah, so that's that's um that's something else I've been thinking about. But I did want to talk about how we deal with quote unquote our men and transness and yeah, non-binary. Yeah, no, and that's all important. That stuff, important. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought this here that's important yes thank you for sharing this conversation with me if you all feel like we said some shit that was problematic yes um if you feel like we missed the mark on some shit please hit us up trans folks to the front um but anybody definitely hit us up let us know what you think let us know what you've been doing what some ideas that you have if you have ideas you don't have to make up an idea if you don't have an idea okay like just say write us about something else like you don't (laughs) have to be involved in this if this is not your lane calm but, down um calm down and relax, calm down you know yes calm down and relax but yeah okay dope do you want to get into some news that's not news yes let's get into some news that is not news 
I guess even though we were free, we were still slaves in the mind. Message! News That's Not News is a segment where we cover news stories that either are not being covered enough in the mainstream, are being covered by mainstream media, but we don't like how they're talking about Mm -hmm. it, or they are talking about it in mainstream in a way that makes sense, but we want to emphasize that shit here on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. Queen, what is our News That's Not News story this week? So today... Um, I just want to preface this. So we've been talking a lot about abolishing the police, defunding police, mm-hmm. all of these things. And those are things that we agree with. We understand why we want those things to happen. But I think yep. that I wanted to talk about other steps in that process that I think maybe some of us are missing, are not aware of, or mm-hmm. never even thought about. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about abolishing things because we like to abolish things. But we're going to okay. talk about abolishing police unions Hmm. yeah what made me think about this is my mother is always like talking about unions my mother does work for the city and it has a union job or whatever Mm -hmm. but when the uprising was happening everyone was like boycott this boycott that my mother my mother on her facebook talking to 35 people because you know it's my mom she doesn't have thousands and thousands of facebook friends Mm -hmm. but she was always like no we need to boycott the we need to boycott the people that fund these police unions. And I'm hearing mm. my mother and I see it and it makes sense, but I never really like, I got it, but that's mm-hmm. something that I, you know, there's some things you just zone in on. I didn't zone in on it, yeah. but it made sense. Mm-hmm. You, you're right, Ma, that makes sense. So I'm not going to talk about boycotting police unions. I'm talking about abolishing them completely. And yeah, so we're going to get into that. So I have this article from the Boston Globe and um, Boston. <laughs> sorry y'all my brain be working over time no what's funny is that when i saw this on the boston globe i'm like they're like they have horrible police (laughs) so it was like it was like well they're like new york cops yeah yeah they say cops and they say 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 weird and and all that stuff yeah the car all right so um (laughs) 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 oh god so um what unions provide for police and lots of police around the country are in unions. And what a union does is allows way. It's like a, a advocacy space where people fight to make sure as an employer that you get rights and like all of that mm-hmm. stuff and your job is secure and they can't fuck with you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're the ones who do the bargaining and all of that stuff for you so that you right. can have peace of mind and somebody fighting mm-hmm. and advocating for you in that space. Yeah. And we believe in unions. Steve yes. and Jay fucks with unions. We do believe in unions. The United States doesn't, though. There's only like 12% unions left in this country. But another episode mm-hmm. for another day. Yeah. So yeah. the thing, though, is that what police unions provide for a lot of police officers proves to be unsafe for citizens in the cities that they live in. So... Collective bargaining by police union rigs the system against ordinary citizens, never more so than when those citizens are abused with impunity by violent or reckless cops. So, in layman's terms, I'm about to say in layman's terms, remember that? Um, (laughs) In layman's terms, basically, police unions make it really, 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 very, very extremely difficult to... uh, reprimand and or fire police officers who are harmful to the citizens in the communities that they serve. So after George Floyd was murdered, a lot of people were calling for reform of police unions because of that, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't give them any 
wiggle room to either reprimand or fire these police officers. But I, in agreement with this article, think that we should just abolish police unions. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, going to explain why. Okay, so this is from the article, and this explains why they should just be abolished rather than be reformed. So collective bargaining in government, which elevates the demands of union members above the interests of the public has proved a prescription for disaster. How can Americans be protected from bad policing? Dismantling police unions would be a big step forward. I like to add that this would be a big step forward. A lot of people who are screaming abolish the police, we agree with that, but that is an end result. That is like the end result of many, many things being dismantled until we get to that. So dismantling police unions would be a step in the right direction and a step towards abolishing the police. Defunding the police is a great step, but I think it should happen simultaneously with dismantling unions. If we are able to... I guess police police or reprimand police or they can be out of jobs and things like that if they are being harmful to the communities at the end that can possibly make policing less abusive. Okay. Oh, you look like you have something to say, no? I I do. I'm processing all of this. Um, I guess, yes, I sensed my face was saying things. I didn't write then, but I I have concerns like Mm -hmm. i want the police abolished you said you don't i want yes i want the police abolished Mm -hmm. right the reality is that like today we still have police Mm -hmm. right and while i feel like um i agree that police unions are wild harmful they're harmful they're out of pocket Mm -hmm. they say shit like i have nothing the new york fucking police whoever the fuck union association of blah yada what the fuck is is wild racist they always anytime some police brutality thing happens they don't have anything they they are never even come with a good like pr statement the pr statement is basically racism is fine the murder was justified that's it Mm -hmm. right so i i really i hate them in a major way this piece of this that i'm a little bit conflicted with right is that while police is an extension of slavery and like um overseers and all the and that we know they're here to protect property mm-hmm. right they're here to protect white people and it doesn't matter the race of the police officer that's just like this is the yeah, system yeah, exactly and they're trained a customer a civilian is a white person mm-hmm. right that's just what it is across the board right my concern is that there are still people who are like workers, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? There are still people who either through ignorance signed up to be a cop and think that they can be a good cop. And do I feel like that person should be able to be fired because they work at a racist, like for a racist boss, Mm -hmm. a racist in a racist fucking, Mm -hmm. like a super racist district. Like you had a, a black cop, working in a super racist district or whatever the fuck and with Matt and, and is there because he thinks that he can help from the inside or some fucking yeah. shit that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense, but whatever he is there. It is a job while people there, are, there are mad people who are not cops, but are agents of white supremacy at their job because they need a check or whatever the fuck. Like, I feel like there should be a mechanism where niggas with jobs can be protected in some way from foolish and ridiculous shit. 
right? Yeah. Our current police union system, which all as a New Yorker, all I have ever heard the police union say is kill black people. It's cool. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Why y'all tripping? Mm-hmm. It feels like... Yeah, I guess they should be abolished. Like I I need to what I what what's making me uncomfortable is like what's the system since we do still have police, since children police ages fucking 22, 23, 24 whose brain is not even fucking fully developed yet. I know they're not children, I'm just saying like we know that like it takes a while for motherfuckers to to fucking mature and your brain is not fully developed at fucking 23 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So since children are signing up to be police and all that stuff or whatever, these are still laborers, right? Yes. So like, can they protect it from actual unfair, unjust treatment and abuse? And how do we ensure like that? So what you're saying is why, because when, when unions started to begin thing, a lot of mm-hmm. people did not want unions to happen for, like... Certain types yeah, of Yeah, government kind jobs. of agency jobs okay. that weren't, like, private sector things, right? Okay. And the reason why that they didn't want these unions for these type of jobs, which it happened, people didn't listen and it happened, was because mm-hmm. of the high risk involved to the citizens because the prediction was that people would be more loyal to their unions to actually the citizens in particular to police officers that they would be more loyal to their union and unions would be Mm -hmm. more loyal to keeping them working rather than thinking about the citizens and the communities that they're serving so what you're saying is what was is why police are part of unions but that Mm -hmm. is what was brought up like how can we trust that they will serve and perform the law without harming people in these mm-hmm. ways if they're always going to be guaranteed a job. Yeah. Like, this is a case where they felt that this is not the space where we're, like, guaranteeing employment in, in that way because you can be harmful mm-hmm. to people. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. different, yeah. but they were still, you know, obviously we know now, they still were granted to be a part of unions and this is a result of that i'm sure there's other i'm sure when they were having this conversation all police officers was white so they weren't thinking about these things you're thinking about as far as like being a black person as a police officer being a person who is trying to be the good cop and all of that stuff because when we look at unions Mm -hmm. anyway people who are trying to be a good cop are ousted the unions are not standing behind these yeah the union doesn't protect those people right so they're not protecting yeah so what i'm thinking of it don't even exist yeah, you're right. Yeah, right, like, they mind. don't do that anyway. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's important because I'm sure mm-hmm. lots... Of, we we believe in unions here. But I do think right. that in this space, those protections are kind of faulty because the harm that a police officer can cause. Policing is supposed to be, what they say, is supposed to be about protecting citizens. So how much are we protecting mm-hmm. citizens if we are, like, using unions in this way? We're mm-hmm. not protecting people if we're using Mm -hmm. unions in this way so some examples of how unions police unions right let me make sure i say police unions because not all unions Mm -hmm. run in this way but police unions have been like kind of detrimental to making sure that policing is better or Mm -hmm. something that isn't as harmful to to black people in particular because that's what we talk about on this show so like the person who murdered george floyd his name is Derek Chavin. I think that's his last name. So, like, before he murdered George Floyd, he already had, like, 18 complaints of misconduct 
and mm-hmm. serious discipline issues that no one ever said anything to him about because mm-hmm. of his union. Because a lot of times it's so so much bureaucracy when it comes to reporting shit to your union and going through all of that stuff mm-hmm. to get someone off the force that a lot of times it's like, why even do that shit? If you're trying to be a good cop, because you first have to be a good cop to say, to report the shit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you're, one, you have to be a good cop. And then while you're being a good cop, you have to go through all this bureaucratic shit to kind of basically just get to a no. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Like I said, this was typical for Minneapolis, and that's where George Floyd was murdered. According to the Wall Street Journal, of the 2,600 misconduct complaints filed since 2012 with the city's Office of Police Conduct Review, only 12 have resulted wow. in discipline. 12 wow. out of 2,600. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wow. Yeah. And then. That uh, is wild. Yes. Yes. What is that? Like fucking point. <laughs> like zero. Freaking zero the teenth pie percent? Yeah. Yes. Because unions make it. When the unions negotiate with the city mm-hmm. about what they will have for police or provide for police or whatever safety they make for police. They usually have stuff like what we know of as a blue ball of silence or like they'll make it so that if a, a charge is brought up against a police officer that they don't have to bring them in for questioning or something for until three, two or three days. Like just stuff like that that's mm-hmm. within their union. So it's not even as if like, we don't trust police, so that's not what we're saying here. But it's not like yeah. the police are just like, oh, well, we're not going to interview. Like, it's in their union bylaws that this is how you go about policing the police. You know, mm-hmm. like, whatever. And that's stuff that the cities have to negotiate with their unions for the police to stay in their cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. Then another example they give was, this is from the Boston Globe article, even when violent or dysfunctional cops are broomed off the force, union rules make it difficult to keep them off. Falls reported in 2014, for example, that 26 Philadelphia police officers fired for flagrant wrongdoing, their offenses including theft, excessive force, and being drunk on the job. 19 were subsequently ordered reinstated through the arbitration process. Wow. And there's a lot of this. These are people, their offenses included theft, excessive excessive force, force, and being being drunk drunk on the the job. job. Yeah. Wow. But because of their union bylaws and stuff like that, it like really, really protects them and they, they be good. So it's, it's like Mm -hmm. they're, the state protects them. The unions protect them. It's just so much protections Mm -hmm. that police officers have Mm -hmm. where they can really, well, we see it, them go around be lawless motherfuckers. So that's why people are calling to abolish unions. I haven't found anything of that could come in and replace replace them because the things you said are valid about making sure that yeah. the basically the marginalized people in the police force are mm-hmm. you know safe and have a job and things like that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, they're they're not anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, that, that's that's a good point. They're not anyway. Yeah, that's that's well documented that those mm-hmm. people are usually unprotected. Yes. Um. Another thing I want to read from this article that really stuck out to me and I liked was collective bargaining. And that's, I know I've been saying that a lot, but that's what they call mm-hmm. the conversations between the cities and the unions when they decide, mm-hmm. I guess, bylaws and stuff like that for them mm-hmm. to function in the city. So collective bargaining by police unions is anti-democratic. It strips from the voters any power to shape 
crucial public safety policies they must live with and transfers that power instead to those with a vested interest in the outcome, the police themselves. It rigs the system mm-hmm. against ordinary citizens, never more so than when no citizens are menaced, hurt, or killed with impunity by abusive or reckless police. So basically, it's from what I get from that is like, even if we defund the police, Right. And mm-hmm. we, we, we move these resources to other spaces, which is what we want. We are still going to have a fucked up police force, even though it's less funded because they can still do whatever they want, because these unions make it so that the way that we vote for things, the way that we democratically decide what our cities should be or look like and stuff like that, it doesn't really matter. Because the union is going to say how to police go about their day to day. It's not, right. we're not making those decisions. The unions mm-hmm. are making those decisions. And it's in the best mm-hmm. interest of the police officers because, in general, a union is looking for the best interest of who is in that space. But it's, it's, yeah. in terms of police unions, it has, it's very detrimental to black people. Mm-hmm. marginalized people you know because mm-hmm. they are they are protected by the state and we see here that they are also protected by the unions but it's like they're in bed with each other these police unions mm-hmm. in the state and we have no say in any of this shit right. we have no say in the outcomes of this shit even if we defund the police there's still going to be police who are protected by these other systems as well so mm-hmm. you know I just wanted to make sure that I brought this to everyone's attention. Like, that's this is something that needs to be dismantled as well. Defunding the police. Yeah. We all we knew that defunding the police is not enough. This is another step to get closer to abolishing the police as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> that's news. It's not new. It's just so yeah. much. It's just system on top of system it's a lot. On top of system. So, all right, let's take a break. Yeah, let's do that. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. Okay. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamsQueenandJay.com. Hit that donate tab. And mm-hmm. we have two options there. So you two. Can, two. You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yo. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice. That's right. On how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes and we're black all the time right. all the motherfucking time let's get into a moment in black hair Ooh. all right 
Queen, can you tell people what our Moment in Black Hair segment is all about? Yes, yes. So Moment in Black Hair, I love that we're like doing these again because we haven't done them so long. <laughs> Moment in Black Hair. So Black Hair can even when they don't want to be, be political. So we mm-hmm. talk about that here. And then we enjoy black hair. We like to celebrate black hair. And that's what we do with this segment here. What are we, what's the moment? What's the moment, girl? Oh my goodness. So I am actually having a moment in black. Okay. I mean, every day is a moment in black hair. But yeah, I'm having like a moment. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. having a little moment okay, in black moment. hair. Okay. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, both myself and Queen are 4C uh, hair black girls. Mm-hmm. I think, what are you? Are you mixed 4B, 4C? Yeah, I'm mixed. Would you say? Yeah. I'm okay. 4B, 4C. I might be, but I don't really be touching my hair all like that. I have been touching my hair recently. I feel like I'm a solid 4C. Uh, what do you think? I feel like you're a 4C. I've been in your head. Okay. I've touched your hair. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, my hair. Yes, I just want to listen. listen. We keep it honest yeah. at Two Queen and Jay. I was okay? doing her if hair. I, have... okay? I know y'all think we're married. Yes, I was doing her hair. That's how I was in there. Okay. Right. She wasn't caressing my head. She was not yet. Not yet. Um. Yeah. So we are four C black girls on this podcast mm-hmm. with a little bit of four B. And we talk about black hair. We love hair. We love yes. real hair. We love fake, fake hair. hair. We love getting our hair done. Mm-hmm. My my hashtag is storm every damn day because I wear one color of hair. Color of hair is usually some mixture or variety of white hair, yeah. which I really really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, since COVID, I have been doing my own hair, mm-hmm. and when I tell y'all, I am lazy. <laughs> Lazy is my shit. But in a good way. I'm not mad at it. And yeah, so I've been doing my own hair. Before COVID, I was going to my homegirl Mila's house and she was would wash my hair and like, you know, do all the shits because I didn't want to do anything or whatever. Mm-hmm. Take out my fucking whatever install I had. She would do installs for me. You've done my hair before. I don't want to fucking do it. I don't want to wash <laughs> it. I don't want to braid it. I don't want to twist it. I don't want to do it. But we've been in mm-hmm. COVID. I didn't want to get sick. I didn't want to get Mila sick. It was best for me to keep my black ass at home yes. and do my own hair. So yes. I have been doing my own hair. Mm-hmm. I have been using Queen's wash regimen. Really just like the way that you wash your hair, which, you know, whatever. Right. So like putting it in sections, doing everything I'll in sections. It, I'll take ha- it. <laughs> sections, yes. Yes. Doing everything in sections, so, which has really, really life? helped. Yes. Yo, shit. Right? I detangle in sections. Right. So for anybody, we talked about this already because it's mad exciting. But for anybody who doesn't know, 4C hair can be mad challenging. You can't just fucking wash the shit, finger comb it. Like what? Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's a lot. It's a lot. And and I think that what makes it a lot is that a lot of us have not been taught how to how care to... for our natural hair. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am a 4C child of, I think... I think, what kind of hair does my dad have? I guess a 4A. My dad is like a, whatever's the last three, maybe a 4A. And my mom is like a 4AB, mm-hmm. I would say. But um, yes, I don't feel like I was taught necessarily how to care for this kind of hair. And I yeah. grew up in an era where grease was king. And we don't even Girl. use that shit anymore. Is, <laughs> okay? Yeah, like what is this? What is grease? <laughs> What is Grease, yo? If you was a 4C girl back in the day, Grease yo, remember Indian was what hemp? you did. Remember Indian yes. hemp Grease with all the Our, yes. particles in it? Like, why was... What the heck was that? Was it for, was it for fucking exfoliating? What was it? I have no idea. There was a flavor. The blue flavor smelled mad good. But like, 
why are we doing this? Like, why didn't we know? But anyway, we didn't know because the goal wasn't really to take care of, like, natural hair in our era. We didn't grow up in, like, the 70s Afro era. But, like, in our era, it was, like, how can you lay your hair the fuck down? Like, listen, burn the shit out of that shit. Lay Mm -hmm. it down. So, anyway... So I have, even though I am somebody who went natural early, like I went natural in high school, but I didn't really have the tools. I was just like going natural. Mm -hmm. And then during the natural hair movement, I was bald. So I was intentionally bald. I rocked the Caesar for many, many years. And yeah, so like learning how to take care of my hair has been a thing. I don't like to fucking do it, but I have been doing it in COVID and I've been enjoying it now that I do everything in fucking sections and it's not a fucking nightmare and it doesn't take as long. So that's been cool. Yeah. So I have been wearing my hair now. I mean, I wasn't going outside before, so it didn't matter. (laughs) But I have been going outside wearing my natural hair Mm -hmm. instead of like wearing whatever install I typically had or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that has been cool. I have been enjoying that. I look forward to future installs. But I have been enjoying (laughs) wearing my natural hair out and like feeling fucking air on my scalp and shit. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, being able to like touch my actual hair has been pretty dope. So I started with wearing two strand twists. Mm -hmm out so that was cool then i wore bantu knots mm-hmm. outside so that really was cool cute. thank you they were actually just my two strand twists and then i just cleaned it up and twisted it I, up i could so. tell when i looked at Easy. it well yes all right because i do hear Thanks. but a lot okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and then this weekend was actually my first time wearing my afro outside mm-hmm. like Ever. I wore, when I started growing my hair back, so when I had fibroid surgery was when I was like, you know what? I'm not at work. Let me just grow this shit. This is a good time to do some like in between Mm -hmm. shit. I had a little afro then until it got long enough for me to like start getting braids and things like Mm -hmm. that. And then it's just kind of mostly been in an install or in a head wrap or whatever. But yeah, this is my first time like wearing like my afro with like my hair grown out since I was like 20 or some Mm. shit like way back in the Mm -hmm. day and i had um i'm comfortable with being a 4c Mm -hmm. person but i have felt like if i wear my natural hair out first of all i like having white hair which i'm not gonna i'm not at the stage where i want to um bleach my actual like natural hair which is why i really enjoyed wearing installs and Mm -hmm. shit but um yeah, I felt like if I wore my natural hair out, if I wore my 4C hair out, like I wanted it to be perfect. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If I had an afro, I wanted to make sure that it was like full and fucking luscious. I wanted to make sure that whatever, like that it was perfectly fucking, not even or whatever, like, because that's like nobody wants to look like that anymore. But like, no shade. But like, that girl from the shadows. You know, that is a child. Queen. I don't understand okay? it. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> a child so uh, a whole child but just like wanted to make sure I didn't have any dead ends and like shit like that or whatever I wanted my fucking afro to look fucking instagrammable rebloggable the perfect fucking 4C bitch or whatever mm-hmm. and I had to calm down I had to relax yeah. because you don't have to have you don't have to look like a fucking hair model <laughs> you could just wear whatever hair is on you're your head you're not like, a hair weird. youtuber <laughs> Okay. I'm not. I'm not a fucking. I'm not a natural hair influencer. 
I'm not doing hair tutorials. I barely know what to tutor to myself. I don't know what to tutor. I don't know. All right. Oh, so yeah, but, but when I took it out, I was like, oh, this is not the shape that I want it to be. This is not like I'm over the texturism. Like I, I don't. I know my hair is not gonna look like a three C anything, yeah, a four A. Like not. it's not gonna look like that. Mm-hmm. The night before, I was gonna wear my hair out. I tried this thing where you like put a head wrap around the top and then leave like a little um a curly bang in the front but you can't have a curly bang unless you have curls yeah and uh i'm 4c so it's those are not yeah, something that could and... happen if you if you had a twist if you did a twist out right yeah if it was a more defined yeah. twist out but i thought it was funny i was like this is not the, even the girl the girl whose tutorial image it was it was she was like like a 3c they or ne- 3d or if that exists or whatever i was like why 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 is this was we were not supposed to they be meet. lying <laughs> me and this but tutorial was not they supposed be putting to be yeah. in a in a tags oh, and shit they be lying oh definitely definitely i never definitely. knew that this oh my gosh yes well, since when was this yes. the gang you all y'all wanted to be a part of i don't know You're right now i'm upset because what i googled was i googled afro like afro head wrap hairstyle mm-hmm. or head hairstyle because i wanted to know if i put a head wrap on this i do want to wear my hair out but i do want to wear a head wrap mm-hmm. and i don't want it to be like you know that thing where you like wrap it around your whole head and push it back yeah i don't like that so i was looking for options and then this girl with the 3c hair comes up and i, I was just like a robot i was like well this is what came up let me try it why would you try this why would i try I this know. why did i do that <laughs> So anyway, after that abuse, the next day I was like, you know what? I'm going to just wear this, even though it feels like it's the shape of George Jefferson's afro. I'm going to do it. George Jefferson? it's my fucking hair. Yeah, that like, odd. no, I'm not bald, but like that, that like oddly shaped, like it just felt like a weird shape. And I just felt like I was really anxious about wearing my the, hair I understand the, anx- the anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I wouldn't have thought you thought it looked like George Jefferson. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> the anxiety I thought. I, I say that to say I thought it was an odd shape. I was like, this is not the shape that I am seeking. This is not the shape that I want. But you're right. I was having some type of hair dysmorphia. Yeah, I didn't yeah, look yeah, like George yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. But I understand. I totally understand the anxiety. Yeah, it was like, yo, is this the is this the shape that I want to be seen with? Like, is this? It took me a little bit of a minute, but uh, I fucking did it, and it felt great. Mm-hmm. It felt glorious. It looked glorious. It's fucking did fine. Did you feel like My a new woman? Is... Did you feel free? Did you? Let's not. Don't I'm do not this. doing that on purpose. Cause <laughs> let's let's not. Did you feel like a new woman? Huh? Let's. Let's. Do you feel free? I did. Uh, let's did not, your third eye form? Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the third eye. The third eye is in that George Jefferson bullfight. <laughs> no. No. What I will say is that my hair is not what it was when I was 20. Like, I have worn this when I was 20, mm-hmm. and it was, like, double the length, like, triple the fucking thickness. Mm-hmm. It was, like, that hair, I don't have that anymore, and that's not something that I should be aspiring to because I'm not... You're who you are I'm right now. I'm drinking age now. Yeah. yeah, I'm who I am right now. So just kind of relearning my hair, accepting my hair, and all of that shit, and that it doesn't have to be, like, fucking regrammable or re-bloggable it could just be Janice's 4C hair and that like that's okay and I can like wear the it the thing that's funny like that. is 
that it was regrammable and replackable. Oh, I had a good with, filter on that with though. With how it looked. A filter doesn't make a hair even. <laughs> what are you talking about? Filter does shit to your face. All a filter right. doesn't be... Yeah, These filters ain't for black people. They wasn't like, let's make sure her afro look... No, that's not what that I was. No, it did. It did add an extra glisten calm, and glimmer to Calm down. Ooh, it did not I make like, your afro like even. A good black girl filter. Did not make it All right. even. Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe it didn't. Right. It did it. it did. I saw the picture. It, it did it. Okay. All right. Calm down. Okay. Would you just but be yeah, proud of I mean, your hair and not attribute it to a filter? All right. No, you're right. I'm very proud of it and I'm thankful for it and I'm excited about it. Did I feel like a new woman, even though you know I really don't like that language <laughs> and it is triggering? I did not, but I cannot you're pretend. The same person. I I'm the same woman, but I don't want to pretend. Oh, also, it's dirty. So <laughs> I haven't watched it, so it sheds. Um, I don't want to pretend that I didn't feel a sense of like excitement and shit for doing something new Mm -hmm. and doing something that I was nervous about doing. That's another thing that I've really been trying to do. Things that make me uncomfortable. I've been trying to push the boundaries of that by sharing them on social. Mm -hmm. So like my body doesn't necessarily look how I want it to look. So all the more reason to post mad bikini photos. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like sharing things that i have been nervous about or am still nervous about i feel like has been good for my like i don't know perception of myself especially as somebody who does experience a little bit of um dysmorphia Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. anyway i just wanted to celebrate a 4c moment in black hair i I just wanted to celebrate yeah thank you i just wanted to celebrate being a kinky headed black girl and enjoying that in the summertime Mm -hmm. and um it was very hot (laughs) (laughs) but i was happy about it yo it was great it was great it was great but generally when we have when you have an install you would have hair like on your neck and like on your body so it it wasn't less hot um you're right i make bad decisions so oftentimes my summer installs are too hot for summer (laughs) and so you're right i agree i agree it was less hot and oftentimes i'm wearing if i'm not if i don't have an install i'm like wearing a head wrap which do be hot but it's like a different kind of yeah it's it's a different kind of hotness yeah Yeah, it's different different, but yeah nah but it's been cool to rock my afro so do whatever you want with your hair but also if you feel like rocking an afro or uneven afro do that shit yo sure here yeah sure want to pay some black women yeah Let's pay black women, yo. Give me your fucking money! Our pay black women segment is when we highlight black women-owned businesses, initiatives, fucking uh, campaigns. Mm -hmm. If somebody needs money for fucking lunch, if somebody needs money to ride the train, if somebody needs gas money, whatever it is, however big or however small, we use this time to highlight black women. And that is our pay black women women segment we know that black women includes trans women cis women any variety of black woman our pay black woman is open to 
that person. Here at Tea with Queen and J podcast, we also open this segment up to AFAB non-binary folks. So if you are AFAB non-binary, you are more than welcome to participate yes. in our Pay Black Women segment. Mm-hmm. And we will be sure to respect your pronouns and not refer to you as a Black woman. We will, However you identify is how we will address you. We just like to make sure that we are being inclusive yep. in our Pay Black Women segment to those who experience this level of marginalization when it comes to income equality and fucking all the shit that fucks with our capital that is our pay black women segment as co-conspirators towards liberation we also open this segment up to indigenous yes women yes so if you are an indigenous trans woman cis woman if you are an indigenous afab non-binary person you are more than welcome to participate in our pay black women segment Mm -hmm. and we will refer to you of course as an indigenous person of whatever pronouns you inform us of with our pay black women segment being open to black and indigenous women we want to make sure that you acknowledge that we are also black women looking and seeking to be paid so while this segment you are welcome to submit yourself you are welcome to submit friends you are welcome to submit your favorite businesses you're welcome to submit any initiatives that you come across from the people that we have previously described this segment is open to we ask that you please be mindful of the fact that queen and jay are black women as well and we deserve to be paid so if you are a business who can afford to purchase advertising on Tea with Queen and J podcast. We ask that you do that. We ask that you consider doing that. If you're someone who can't afford it at this time, if you're somebody who can never afford it, if you're in like a spot right now and you're just like, that's not something that I can consider right now, that's not a problem. We're not checking anybody's wallets or pockets or whatever. If you're somebody who wants to refer another business, it's cool. We're not sweating it. All that we're asking in efforts of building and maintaining community is that in this Pay Black Women segment, you consider and remember that Tea with Queen and J is a Black woman-run initiative, business, entity, yada, yada, blah, blah, and blah. And we deserve yeah, to be paid as well. That too. As well. Yes. Queen, who is our Pay Black Woman who are we highlighting this week? All right, so I'm going to read. We got some actually T mail for this pay black woman, and I'm going to read that really quickly. I'm sharing a GoFundMe for my first cousin. She's a single mom with three daughters who recently left an abusive marriage. Since then, she's been struggling to reach financial stability as she has as she was laid off from her full time job because the company was restructuring. Right now, we're raising the funds to prevent her from going into foreclosure and to help her cover a few months of expenses while she gets back on her feet. I personally have gone through this same situation. The summer following my eighth grade year, the house my mom and I lived in was foreclosed. She built that house and maintained it for years, but not too long after she was laid off. We were evicted and left homeless. It was embarrassing, devastating, and ultimately left a hole in our hearts. I know the pain of being homeless, of poverty, of having to continually start over and depend on others while trying to rebuild your foundation. I don't want my cousin and her daughters to learn the same lesson. If you could donate, any amount will help and be greatly appreciated. So we got this letter a while back and we recently got an update. And the update is that they were able to secure the mortgage payment to prevent foreclosure. 
That's great. Ooh, I'm happy about right. that. That's good fucking mm-hmm. news. My cousin said anything further giving would help with living expenses. My cousin said anything further given would help with living expenses and would ensure that they wouldn't get behind. So you can still contribute. You can still donate so that they don't get behind and they can continue living in their home. Mm-hmm. And you can donate to April's daughter. April is the cousin who needs the money. And her daughter, Armani, is whose cash app we have. And their cash app is dollar sign. I would say Trey for I know. I'm just like, that is definitely your daughter. (laughs) 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 And their cash app is dollar sign Trey for Trill. And that spelling is T-R-E-F-O-T-R-I-L-L. But yeah, let's, let's give these... Black women our money so that they can stay. Yeah, stable especially and that's right. Especially in COVID yes. times, if you are somebody who has been able to maintain stability during COVID, if you're somebody who has extra, it would be dope if you would send some coins in April and her kids' direction, yes. yo. That'll be fucking amazing. Yes. Keep them trail. Keep them trail. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. It is right. All right, yes. Are you ready to throw somebody in the motherfucking pit? I am ready, like a motherfucker. Oh, my goodness. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. The pit is where we throw people, places, and things that are fucking with our black ass, black joy. Things that are making us less than happy. Um, usually it's something racist other times it's something that meets at the intersections of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism other times it's just shit that we didn't like or that that made us upset yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah doesn't have to be a big deal who are we throwing in the pit this week Queen? i'm throwing in the pit all of the folks who don't understand what snitching is and don't snitching you say snitching yes you know what this mm-hmm. is you're you're in the streets you're from the streets <laughs> i belong, belong to the streets. streets you know what snitching <laughs> is you know like so if you haven't been living under a rock rapper megan d stallion was shot in the foot by what to say trey songs tory Lanez? yeah tory Lanez. i was gonna say trey songs oh my the gosh. other horrible black man no. mm-hmm. um tory Lanez. she was shot in the foot by him and she on her Instagram live revealed who shot her and gave like details about what happened and shit like that, what happened on that night. And mm-hmm. when she would drop this video, this is weeks after she had been shot weeks ago. So time had mm-hmm. passed before she like finally came on Instagram live and was like, let me talk. Let me just tell y'all what the fuck went down. So the reason why I'm throwing all these musty people in the pit who don't understand what snitching is. A lot of folks were saying that Megan snitched. And mm. no, <laughs> snitching, mm-hmm. snitching is generally when like organized crime people or people who are in the crime world, right? Mm-hmm. Criminals, <laughs> right? For lack of a better word, people mm-hmm. who are in these fucking underground economies, right? Mm-hmm. They use the no snitching thing as a way to keep their business going. So if let's say right. me and Jay, we selling drugs or whatever, right? We moving weight. Mm-hmm. I get arrested. Literally. I get arrested. The police gonna be like, if you snitch on Jay, if you tell that Jay is the co-conspirator of mm-hmm. this, then we'll give you less time and shit and shit like that. So right. if I say, right. Yup, and give up Jay, I'm snitching, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm also messing up whatever underground economy or whatever mm-hmm. whatever we're trying to keep going. I'm fucking that up by snitching. Right, because it, it relies on silence. Yes. Or if we are both involved in an underground economy and I go against the code of that underground economy and perhaps steal from your side of the business, mm-hmm. right? So we are both working in this underground economy. I've stole from your side of the business. And now if you then go to the cops and say, hey, here in the privacy of my underground economy, this person, this person stole yeah. from me and they broke code or whatever. And now I'm relying on law enforcement to take care of this. That would also be considered snitching yes. because situations like that should be handled internally when you are dealing with underground economies and quote unquote illegal activity. Yes, exactly. So that is snitching. When you mm-hmm. are... Revealing your abuser, when you are talking about harm that has happened to you, when you are a person who is just a rapper, she is not a person who was a part of an organized crime organization, Mm -hmm. that's not snitching. So when I saw a Mm -hmm. lot of people who say they're from the streets, that shit just... The streets! (laughs) I don't know why I like doing that. You do. You really do. That shit shit blew my mind because it's like, Mm -hmm. one... The whole idea of, of snitching has been conflated into all of these different things, right? When, it, when right. it was like snitching was about like organized crime shit. You don't say mm-hmm. we're down when we're down here because you could topple a whole fucking yeah. underground industry, basically, mm-hmm. is what that is. And mm-hmm. how it's like transferred into one, the no snitching has transferred into this. It's not in relation to this, but I'm just saying how it's got conflated. Yeah. The no snitching has been conflated into like not even telling if you have been like I say I was robbed or let's say someone shot me (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's not in accordance to like underground Mm -hmm. you was minding your business you're a fucking civilian I'm a civilian yes thank you I'm a civilian I get shot I know who shot me but if I say who shot me now I'm snitching like that's another way that it's falsely gotten conflated in ways that have detrimental to the community and then also being a snitch is like being an informant, like giving police information. Megan talked to us on Instagram live. Mm -hmm. She was not Mm -hmm. talking to police officers. She did not like those, those implications that make things snitching. None of that even existed in that space. One, Mm -hmm. two, to conflate a black woman telling us about harm done to her by a black man and calling that snitching is ridiculous. It's vile. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's misogynoir. It's just like all of mm-hmm. all of the all of the oppressive things that happens to black women, that is a part of that. Like how dare yeah. people fix their fucking mouths to say that she was snitching when y'all motherfuckers mm-hmm. was asking her to say who shot her anyway. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck? And it was always like some dusty ass black man who was just saying that shit. And it was just weird for me to see some black men. I'm saying black men because that's all I fuck with, right? Right. Who supposedly are from the streets and know the streets. And I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. like made me think of my mom. And she, my mom, like, is always like, these young kids, they just are different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they just different. Like, who, who, how did we get to the point where snitching was that? That's not yeah. what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I don't know, just frustrating. Just really, really frustrating. And then snitching mm-hmm. is not even like some fucking horrible offense at this point anyway to be honest because there's so many snitches who are out living 
fine and walking these streets and none of the shit that we say <sighs> happened to snitches is even snitches. Like there are dead ass mm. fucking to take it out of blackness. There are dead ass mm. fucking Italian mob bosses who are still alive mm. and we know they snitch. So let's be for mm. real about like if there's actual repercussions to snitching, yes, there probably are, but on a large scale, people can snitch and still live their lives and be free and whatever. Like, we're not... Mm-hmm. Stop acting like we have penalties for snitches either. One. Two, mm. Megan did nothing close to fucking snitching. Like, how mm-hmm. dare y'all say a black woman expressing harm done to her is snitching? What the fuck is wrong mm-hmm. with y'all? Yeah. So I'm throwing all of them musty motherfuckers in the pit because that was not I support that, that was not snitching, and y'all don't know what the fuck yeah. snitching is. Yeah, that was upsetting to me. There was another angle of Megan's telling her story, mm-hmm. and I guess some of the social media response to it that made me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I want to play a clip of her Instagram live where she talks about the incident. Mm-hmm. It's about three minutes, if you all will mm-hmm. indulge me for. We've been here this long. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So, since y'all hoes so worried about it, yes, this nigga Tory shot me. You shot me. And you got your publicists and your people going to these blogs lying and shit. Stop lying. Why lie? I don't understand. I tried to keep the situation off the internet but you dragging it you really fucking dragging it motherfuckers talking about i hit this nigga i never hit you motherfuckers was like oh she mad because he was trying to fuck with kylie no i wasn't like you dry shot me like everybody in the car it's only four motherfuckers in the car me you, my homegirl, and your security. Everybody in the car arguing. I'm in the front seat. This nigga in the back seat. I get out the car. I'm done arguing. I don't want to argue no more. I get out. I'm walking away. This nigga from out the back seat of the car starts shooting me. You shot me. I ain't get cut by no glass, but let me tell you why they saying that. When the, when the police, because the people in the neighborhood, there's a witness. When the police came, because the, the neighbors called the police. This did not happen at Kylie House. This happened damn near back at the house I was staying at. I was just trying to get home. We was five minutes away from my spot. The police come. I'm scared. All this shit going on with the police. The police is, is shooting motherfuckers for anything. The police was literally killing black people for no motherfucking reason. Soon as the police tell us all get out the motherfucking car, the police is really aggressive. You think I'm about to tell the police that we niggas, us black people, got a gun in the car? You want me to tell the laws that, that we got a gun in the car so they can shoot all of us up? Nigga, I'm scared. It's a fucking helicopter over us and some more shit. Why the fuck would I tell the laws somebody got a gun in this car and this nigga shot me? So I can get shot, you can get shot, she can get shot, he can get shot. I ain't tell the police what happened immediately right then because I didn't want to die. I don't want to, I don't want the police to shoot me because it's a nigga with a gun in the car. I'm leaking, I'm bleeding. Motherfucker, somebody, I'm lying, bitch. Did I pay a helicopter to come over me and, and, uh, record my feet leaking blood? No. How the fuck I'm gonna fake that? 
I didn't tell the police nothing because I didn't want us to get in no more trouble than what we was already about to get in. The fuck? I get to the motherfucking hospital, the police bitch being so rude to me. Well, what, you know, what's going on? Like, da 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 da. You're being detained, da da da. Ma'am, I'm being detained, I'm leaking, but I'm still not saying what happened. Shit crazy. The motherfucking doctor, the police finally let me go. I ain't go to jail. Them three motherfuckers went to jail. I'll get to the I'll get to the hospital. The 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 doctors do x-rays on my feet. Oh ma'am, you got uh bullets in your feet, you got bully fragments in your other foot. I'm damn, I'm thinking the doctors is the police, so I'm still trying not to tell them like no, nah, I didn't know I got sh You know what I'm saying? I'm scared. Like, I've never been shot before. I just wanted to play uh, what she said because I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it without actually listening, mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. to what she said mm -hmm. or whatever. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody had context. But the narrative that Megan was silent on this incident to protect Tori, I know that she she does go on to say, after she says everything else, she does go on to say, that she was protecting him by not saying anything. Mm -hmm. But she says earlier, like in the clip that I just played, that she was scared. Yeah. She talks about being afraid of the potential of, after being a victim of gun violence, the cops showing up and killing everybody in the fucking yeah. car, right? Which is not something that is unreasonable to think that could mm -hmm. happen. And so... She wasn't just fearing for what would happen to Tori if I tell them that there's a gun in yeah. the car if I tell police that I was shot or whatever. It was really about, we could all be killed yeah. right now. Anything could Anything pop could off happen. right now. Anything could. And I feel like the narrative that she was protecting him, that that was the sole reason that she did not tell the cops in that moment what happened mm -hmm. or or anything yeah. um, at all. I I... I from what I, from what it sounds like, it sounds like she still has not spoken to law enforcement. I'm not sure of how that works, but I feel like if you are a black woman who has been pulled over by the police, who has had any in, in interaction or engagement with law enforcement in a situation that um, either you were involved in or... Any fucking interaction with law mm -hmm. enforcement. I've never... All of those situations, I thought that I could die. Mm -hmm. In every one of those situations, I felt like it could pop off at any time. I could be killed. Anything can happen to me. I didn't feel safe. And in situations where I was in the company of a black man, mm -hmm. I did not think... I wasn't thinking to myself, oh my God, he could be killed. Let me make sure that I do everything I can do to protect, protect him. him yeah. I was thinking we could all be killed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? We could all be killed. And I feel like the narrative that like she didn't say anything to protect him, it it undercuts the idea that like as black women, we fear for our lives yes. in the presence of law enforcement. Just the, that we just are the same as black men. Yes, yes, that we feel that fear, we feel the threat. It's not like there's no moment where I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, well, this happens to black women less, so, you know, I'll probably be okay. Let me make sure that he's safe or whatever. It's a very real fear yeah. that black women have, like our our life, our existence. Am I going to survive this interaction that I'm having with law enforcement right yeah. now. That's like a very real and present thing and present danger. And I feel like a lot of us, black women included, who 
heard Megan talk about this or who didn't hear it and was just kind of busting off a tweet because you felt like you had to bust off a tweet was not when it was not factoring in like the real life lived experience with of black women and law enforcement like I have never been in a situation with them where I felt like like I was safe Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so like it just it just kind of bothered me that people dismissed the fear that black women Half also have in being in the presence life. of law enforcement. Right. Yeah, and I, I think right. that what people miss is the way she tells the story. So like mm-hmm. she talks about her fear when the when the helicopters was there, when yes, the police was different there, ways. like all of the mm-hmm. stuff. I was fucking scared. All of us could have been killed. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared. She was said she was scared right. so many times and she didn't really mention like protecting him like it was to me Mm -hmm. it was almost as if it was like me not saying something protected you not like it was like an intentional i have to protect him it Mm -hmm. was just like Mm -hmm. me and my silence was protecting this person right who as we the story goes down Mm -hmm. you know lied Mm -hmm. on her blah 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 blah. like my silence was protecting you not saying that with intent i was making sure that i protected tory lane so i think that's the thing that people are fucking missing Mm-hmm. And and she breaks down so many different ways in which she had reason to be fearful, right? Mm-hmm. So she's there's this moment where she talks about bleeding, having been a victim of gun violence, having wounds, and a police officer saying, "You know, you're going to jail, right? You know that yeah. you're you're being detained." And like talking to her while aggressive, like she's not yeah, like, in pain, like she's not leaking. a victim, yeah. right? Like right. So like, like kind of like yeah, leaking. with the lack of humanity mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's just like. At every level, yeah, at every level, our humanity is disregarded. Mm-hmm. And so to think that black women exist in this world not fearing law enforcement and that our engagements with them or the feelings that we have about our engagements with them are so different than the experiences of black mm-hmm. men. It's just like, I just felt like that that takeaway from this conversation was really a little bit troublesome yeah, to me yeah. and bothersome and there was an element of erasure there for me because she explicitly talks about being fearful several million mm-hmm. times and it's yep. like nobody like over people and over what they and over hear. again right right yeah. and people heard what they wanted to hear in that and so that that really bothered mm-hmm. me that really bothered me like the narrative oh we need to stop protecting these men okay yeah that's cool also can we protect ourselves? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like her, her silence in that moment, she felt like it was protecting her. And I can, I can relate to that feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Still start protecting these men. Cause that's how I feel before that. After yes. That. that too. That too. <laughs> but let's, let's also know what protection is yes. and what is, mm-hmm. you know, what is like, like fucking self preservation, fucking whatever the she fuck. She was trying to survive a, a, a interaction with the police. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're right. There was a lot of erasure with that. Definitely mm-hmm. a lot of erasure with that. Yeah. So, that's my pit. I feel like we did a motherfucking show. We did. We did. We did a fucking show. We did. Once again, if you are on our Patreon, we dropped a bonus episode reviewing WAP. If you are not, at whatever level you donate, that content is yep. there for it's you. Still, it stays it there. So, you can become yeah, a patron now and do that. Either. 
threads, you know. Be sure to follow us on the social medias. We're on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook to search for T with Queen and J there. Send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. We love when you do that. Also, visit our website, T with Queen and J.com. There is where you can hit that donation tab. Send us that scrilla so we can stay true. If you've been reviewing us on um, Apple Podcasts, I've been putting some of those reviews in our Instagram stories. We do read all of those. So mm-hmm. thanks to everybody who's Thank been reviewing you. us on Apple Podcasts. Our personal social medias, if you want to follow us, I'm at Janicia F on Twitter and Instagram. That's J-A-N-I-C-I-A. The F is for savings. I am at the Queen Speaks with an underscore that is on Instagram and the Twitter. You can follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Fantastico. You have a hashtag for this? Yes. My hashtag, our hashtag is Believe Black Women. Some of y'all still Mm -hmm. acting like Megan was lying about getting shot. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Yeah, that's really. (sighs) Yeah. So believe Black Women. Like, believe us. Mm -hmm. We're not lying. We are mm-hmm. kind of like the most honest people on, on, this, <laughs> on, honest. This, on this planet. So believe, mm-hmm. believe us the fuck. But yeah, believe black women. Dope. This podcast was created, hosted and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. And stop trying to come on the Internet acting like a black woman. A, a grown ass black woman really got any reason to be lying on another grown ass black man when all the shit fucked up going on in the world right now. If you really want to tell the motherfucking truth, I've tried to save this nigga. Even though he shot me, I tried to spare him. And y'all motherfuckers is not sparing me. That's crazy. That's fucked up.